Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. 1 Timothy 6, 12, and then Jude 3. 1 Timothy 6, 12 reads as this says, it says to do what? It says to fight. Not just any fight. It said to fight the good fight of faith. To lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Jude in verse 3 says this. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should do what? Earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. The simple title for my message today is this, The Good Fight. The good fight. No one is exempt. And as we pressed toward the mark, as we journey in these earthen vessels of clay, we are going to have to fight the good fight if we want to make glory our eternal home. You, this one you can't circumvent. This one you can't watch on and lean up against the wall and watch as others participate. Everyone under the sound of my voice will have to get involved and engage in the good fight of faith. Can we pray before we're seated this afternoon? Mighty God, we thank you, Lord, for another season, another opportunity, Lord. Let your word go forth, not return void. We pray, Lord, for every soul in attendance, Lord, that we would engage, mighty God, that we would participate, that we would enlist and be a part of this good fight of faith, Lord. We pray to be strengthened. You're our source. You're our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the house of the Lord this afternoon. Amen. We live in a world today, and we live in a day and time that to fight for any virtuous cause, a virtuous cause, is not politically correct. War or conflict for any reason is scowled at in the media, right? Even as country, rogue countries declare war for for things that are not virtuous, right? For all the wrong reasons, 
uh, even as many terrorists would even abound and declare war against this nation, many would like to put their heads in the sand and allow the violence to continue with no conflict and no strife. No one wants to fight for anything. Just to be tolerant and accepting of everything. There's even an international day for tolerance celebrated on November 16th of each year. And that was started in 1995 to do what? It was created to spread a culture of acceptance for any and everything. Don't say anything negative about things that clearly need to be spoken against, right? Just accept everything, every culture, every, every whimsical idea, every thought. Just accept that all under uh, that na International Day of Tolerance. And on the flip side of that, don't say anything good about anything that is virtuous or good. So they don't want you to say anything negative. Don't say, be accepting and tolerant of all these things. But on the flip side of that, you're not supposed to open your mouth and declare things that are good, things that are virtuous, and things that are worthy according to what we know in God's word. Then there's the argument for being a non-participant in the conflict, right? The notion that if it does not directly affect a person, then they just don't want to be in the fight, right? We see that all the time, right? I have no irons in that fight, so I'm just going to back away, right? Or that doesn't affect me, so I'm going to go over here to my corner and, and just kind of shield and block my way off uh, to, to, to be separate from that and just let all of that occur over there, all of that controversy and conflict. They just want to be observed and not to be bothered. They want to ride the fence, as it were, with a sense of apathy. But we are to engage in a fight where there can be no conscientious objectors. No one under the sound of my voice, again, is exempt. And that is the good fight of faith. We're going to have to contend we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to struggle. We're going to have to scrap, wrestle, throw down, as it were, and even brawl in this fight. But knowing that we must fight is just a good start. But it's not enough to endure. To be victorious, we must know what we are fighting for what we're fighting for. So what exactly are we fighting for? My text brought out two things that we would have to fight for. First is our very salvation. Secondly is our faith and what we believe and what we know that is declared in God's word. You see, the Lord felt it important enough to let us know that our eternal status and what we believe are worth us engaging in battle for. The word tells us that this is a good fight. Not a fight to be labeled as a savage or unseemly or inappropriate or some worldly fight. 
But this is a good fight. If we dig a little further in the word and exercise some hermeneutics on good here, we see the Greek word for good is praiseworthy, honorable, beautiful, appealing, right? It's something good that inspires. This fight should inspire you as you engage in it. And it will inspire others to join into this fight, to embrace what is lovely, to embrace what is beautiful, to, to embrace what is praiseworthy and winsome and appealing. So we're fighting for our salvation. We're fighting for our faith. But, but we need to dig a little bit further and take the next step. Who are we fighting against? We need to know our adversary. To have a fight or a conflict means there has to be, by definition, an adversary. It's important to know who we are fighting against, and then to fight against the wrong opponent will only lead to defeat. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. It also states in Galatians 5, 16, Then I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So our enemies are simply this, Satan and our own fleshly sinful nature. Satan and our own fleshly sinful nature. In any war, intelligence must be gathered on the enemy. We must, we must get to know how Satan operates. We also need to know how our own flesh works. Against us. The Bible says, My people are destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 and 6. So, history repeatedly has demonstrated that numerically inferior forces armed with less capable technologies can win when leaders are armed with accurate intelligence they believe they can act upon. Such intelligence can be a force multiplier. Therefore, considering the value of force employment, technology, and mass without placing a corresponding value on intelligence is a grave mistake. Operational intelligence was a key factor in five strategically significant battles. In history, we can look at the first battle of Bull Run in 1861. The Battle of Tenenberg in 1914. The Battle of Midway in 1942. The Battle of Ichan in 1950. And the Israeli airstrike initiating the Six-Day War in 1967. It was neither technology nor material superiority that won the day. But it was accurate and timely actionable intelligence combined with leaders 
that were willing to treat that intelligence as a primary factor in deciding outcomes. So the question is, how do we, how are we going to gather our intelligence? Where do we go to get what we need to know how to fight the enemies that are before us? We know that we have to turn to God's word. We have to be in the word of God, church. Proverbs 2 and 6 tells us this, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. In the word we have an example of intelligence gathering. Now who can remember Geuel, the son of Machi, Nabi, the son of Vashpi, Sether, son of Michael, Amiel, son of Gemeli, Gadai, son of Susi, Gadiel, son of Sodi, Palti, son of Raphu, Ilgal, son of Joseph, Shaphat, the son of Ori, and Shamua, son of Zakur. Does anybody remember who those individuals are? Well, what about these individuals? Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Hosea, or Joshua, the son of Nun. You see, these 12 spies were sent to the promised land. Now, 10 did not use the intelligence they gathered properly. But it were only two of them that reported on it accurately. And because 10 spies did not act on proper intelligence, an entire nation of almost 2 to 3 million people were delayed the bountiful reaping of the promised land by 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. You see, we must not be hearers of the word only, but we have to be doers as well. Just as we're doing our diligence to gather intelligence on the enemy, the enemy is doing the same on us. Oh, the, the enemy is not idle. You can believe that. Now, this is why we must be mindful of our actions and show that we are committed to the good fight of faith, that we're unwavering, and that we stand resolute for this truth and the word of God. If we show we are divided, or have weaknesses in our walk, the enemy will exploit these areas in their attack against us. We have to be doers of the word. We have to dig in scripture. We have to work, our, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. There's a lot of preparation that needs to take place. A lot of preparation that needs to take place as, as should be when you're preparing for any battle. Knowing the enemy will go all out, exhaust all measures, not, and won't hold anything back to ensure our defeat. We must prepare ourselves daily to the utmost of our ability. We must strengthen our spiritual man in the source of Jesus Christ. Amen? We must remind ourselves that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
How many of you believe that today? Christ is your source. Tap into him. Call upon his name. Hallelujah. He's the first stop you need to make in your preparation for this battle. Call on his name today. We can do all things. Trust in him. We have to pray without ceasing. Taken from 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. But just not any old prayer. When we get beyond that surface and shallow prayer, we tap into a source and power from God that the enemy cannot handle. Those who exercise this type of prayer know what I'm talking about. It's that time when you press through your flesh and you begin to talk to God and intercede on, on, on perhaps even someone else's behalf. But God will meet you there. Amen. God will equip you. God will give you dunamis power from on high and he will prepare you for the battle that's ahead. Amen. Engage in the good fight of faith. You won't always pray or you won't always want to pray. This old flesh will get in the way of things, right? The enemy of our flesh will be at a constant war against it. It will always be too tired or too busy to intercede and commune with God. The Bible tells us that the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We must have effectual prayer in our lives in preparation for this battle. We also must have the proper attire. How can we show up on the battlefield without the proper attire on, equipped and ready to do battle? This allows us to be protected in our vital areas of our spiritual bodies during battle that if left exposed, the enemy will again exploit and seek to destroy us because they're watching they're looking is there a chink in that individual's armor that's where I'm going to aim all of my resources to make them fall to make them stumble to to make them fall into a pit of condemnation to where they feel they can never recover to where they feel they can never engage into the battle again Ephesians 6 11, 18 tells us this to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Somebody needs to just stand. Somebody needs to just get up, draw a line in the sand, and say, I'm going to stand. Amen? I'm going to suit up with all the armor of God, not just a piece here or a piece there, and leave this piece exposed. I'm going to suit up with all of it to receive what the Lord has equipped me to do and be able to effectively go out and battle in the spirit, this good fight of faith. We have to, again, use the word. We have to use the word. The sword of the spirit, just as Jesus did when he was tempted in the wilderness, is still effective today. Today. 
That's what he used, church. When he was tempted by Satan himself in the wilderness, it was the word of God. That's how powerful it is. That's how quick it is. He didn't fall into the trap of the enemy. He didn't use force or natural power. He used one thing. That's the very word of God. Over and over until Satan had to leave him alone. Amen. Dig in your word. Hallelujah. If you're seeking an answer and you're struggling in your spirit today, get in the word of God. Hallelujah. You tell the enemy, the word of God says this. If you're struggling with an issue, look it up in the word and let the enemy know. The word of God says this, and I'm going to stand on it, Satan. Hallelujah. And give God the glory for it. And Satan will leave you alone. Just as he did Jesus. James 4 and 7 tells us this. To submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That is the proper order and context. What did it say to do first? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. If you're going to prepare and participate in this good fight of faith, submission needs to occur. There needs to be a surrender in our spirits. Amen? There needs to be a submission and allegiance to the King of kings and Lord of lords. We're not going to be able to do it our way. Right? You can't come and say, I'm going to participate in the good fight, but I'm going to do it my way, God. No, we have to submit ourselves to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We have to get on a bended knee and find an altar and say, God, I'm going to die out to my flesh and myself. I'm going to do the word. I'm going to be obedient to your word. Hallelujah. And to your spirit. Hallelujah. I'm going to submit myself to you first. We have to surrender. Then you resist the devil. And God will empower and equip you and make sure that he flees from you. We should take time to study God's word. Study it. Let it enrich you. Let it edify your very soul. Study God's word. Don't, don't just come to church and just receive what you receive on a Sunday Sunday school, the preaching of the word, Wednesday night, and that's all that you get from God's word. Do some personal study on your own. Dig in God's word to understand so you'll be able to articulate and be a witness. And also so you can engage in this good fight of faith. So when the enemy does approach you, you have it here and here. And properly equipped, you can engage in the good fight of faith. The mind. We need that helmet of salvation. Because so much of the battle takes place in our minds. So many people are struggling today in their minds. Isn't mental health one of the topics that are on the forefront of the news and discussion today? In its study, the U.S. Center of Disease Control and Prevention looked at 2.4 
billion drugs prescribed in visits to doctors and hospitals. And this was almost 20 years ago, in 2005. Of those, 118 million were for antidepressants. High blood pressure drugs were the next most common with 113 million prescriptions. The use of antidepressants and other psychotropic drugs, those that affect brain chemistry, has skyrocketed even in recent history. The adult use of antidepressants, antidepressants almost tripled between the periods of 1988 to 1994, 1999 to 2000, and I bet you those numbers have even skyrocketed today. A more recent study was found well over 70 million Americans are using mind-altering drugs, and that number is steady climbing. That number doesn't even include abusers of alcohol, which adds an additional 60 million Americans. You see, the world is investing so much in a perceived solution that just won't work. These drugs only affect symptoms and mask the problems and obviously can make matters even worse. Now, the battle of your mind is a vicious one. It's intense. It's unrelenting. And it's unfair because Satan never plays fair. He doesn't play by rules. He doesn't have an honor system. And the reason why it is so intense is that your greatest asset is your mind. And he knows that. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 tells us this. For we walk, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Again, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down what? Imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity... Every thought, every thought to what? The obedience of Christ. Romans 12, 2 tells us this. And be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't look on social media for the way forward for, you, for yourself in your life. Don't try to... Put yourself in the cookie cutter of, that the world is throwing us out there day after day and, and hour after hour. But be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That's where transformation comes. When your mind is renewed. When your mind is, 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 is aligned with the word of God. Transformation happens and there's a renewing. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Because you see, in the battle of the mind, you can't have a positive life in a negative mind. 
You don't reason in the mind and then try to obey in the spirit. If you only do what is easy, you'll always remain weak. A lot of people try to shortcut, take the easy road. If you only, in the struggle of your mind, it's not going to be easy. If you're walking this Christian walk, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to engage in some fighting, amen, against the enemy and against this warring in the flesh. The devil will give up when he sees that you are not going to give in. Sometimes you have to make a declaration in the spirit, in the supernatural. Sometimes you're going to have to stand and say, I'm, uh, uh, enemy, I'm here to stay. Enemy, I may be, I'm, you may have knocked me down, but I'm, I've gotten back up and I'm pressing forward. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm part of the body of Christ. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm part of the family of God. Amen. He has empowered me. He has entrusted me. Amen. And I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm not going to give up. Uh, I'm not going to backslide and fall away uh, and remain falling away. But I'm going to get up again and again and again and again and fight the good fight. In the battle of the mind, we have to remember that we become what we think. If you think discouraging thoughts, you're going to be discouraged. If you think on defeat, you're going to be defeated. If you think negative, negative things will transpire. But when you think on the goodness of the Lord, when you think of how, what he's afforded to us at Calvary, when you think about the Holy Ghost that was poured out into us uh, to keep us, to equip us, to sharpen us, to edify us, amen, to engage into the battle, amen, with dunamis power. When you begin to think on these things, things that are true, things that are virtuous, things that are in the word of the Lord, then great things will happen in this good fight of faith. A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. But envy, jealousy, wrath are like rottenness to the bones. You see, Satan will aggressively fight against the renewal of your mind. But it's vital for us to press on. It's vital for us to continue to pray and study until you gain measurable victory. We're not walking in the word if our thoughts are opposite of what it says. We're not walking in the word if we're not thinking in the word. Our thoughts should be filtered through the word of God. Every decision, every step should be filtered to the word, through the word of the Lord. 
God to give you spiritual eyesight. Pray for the ability to see things from a spiritual perspective. So many times we base our situation on what we can see with our natural eyes. That's easy to do, right? Situations not going well in life. And it's just things that are right there in front of us. And we judge the situation accordingly on what we can see naturally. And we make decisions just based on that. Without what? Seeking spiritual guidance from the Lord. Asking God, Lord, let me see this from a spiritual angle. Let me look at this situation spiritually. We want the vision of the Lord to see what he sees and how he sees it in our lives. That's what it's going to take to fight this good fight of faith. There's going to be a fight for your time. A fight for your talent. And a fight for your treasure. We're going to have to lay aside every weight. Jobs should not take precedence over God. Hobbies should not take precedence over God. Money should not take precedence over God. But when we surrender these things to the Lord and give back unto the Lord what God has entrusted us to be stewards of, there's an empowerment there. There's an equipping there from God that will help us win this good fight of faith. We have folks that are on our side. We have allies on our side. When we're walking in the spirit, you will understand that we're not alone. You will see that you are part of a victorious army. God's army with fellow saints and legions of angels. Most importantly, we have Jesus Christ leading the charge in this good fight of faith. He is the captain of our souls, and as soldiers in his army, we must be in one mind and in one accord. We must dwell together in unity. What army is victorious where the rank and file among themselves are opposed to the enemy. We must be together in commitment to this truth and to each other. Let's lock arms and arms together to fight this good fight of faith. Let's look to our left and to our right and understand that our brother and our sister are with us in this good fight of faith. Amen. Let, let's put aside disunity. Let's put aside dysfunction. Amen. But let's lift our hand together in, in blessed unity and fight the good fight of faith together. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore, encourage, admonish, exhort one another, and edify, which is to strengthen and build up one another just as you are doing. We must, must support one another. And extend it even further from that. We must support our watchman on the wall, our pastor. As he leads this church on the battle route ahead. And there, will, the, there are battles ahead. It's not going to get easier, church. I'm sorry. Amen. If you look for an easy path and a yellow brick road, I'm sorry. Things are going to get difficult as we charge ahead and, do the, and, and engage in this good fight of faith. 
So let's get behind our pastor. Let's get behind his vision. Amen. Let's support and pray for the man of God who's the captain and watchman on the wall for our souls. We may get wounded in this good fight of faith. All of us have been wounded in this good fight of faith. It's not when it will happen. May it happen. It's when it will happen. We may get knocked down in the battle. We're not perfect. None of us are. We're going to make mistakes. But we don't have to become a permanent casualty in the good fight of faith. This is where the enemy has tricked many into condemnation and isolation to say, I've made a mistake and I'm damaged goods and I can't re-engage in the good fight of faith. And it, the enemy began to pu push that one into a corner, isolated, feeling that spirit of condemnation over, believing that lie from the enemy. But we have to stay engaged. When you're knocked down, we need to get back up. We need to stand. We need to be like David and encourage ourselves in the Lord. We need to stand. We need to get back up. Micah 7, 8 says, rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. We need to run this race. We need to keep the faith. We need to cross the finish line in this good fight of faith. The last bell will be the trump of God. Doing nothing in this good fight will result in an inevitable loss. Stand with me this afternoon. Musicians will come. The Bible says we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The blood's been shed. What we need to couple with that is up to us. Do you have a word of testimony today? That's all it takes to overcome. It's to make a declaration today. God, you went to Calvary for me. I've received your precious gift of the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in your precious name. You've empowered me. I may have made some mistakes. I've been knocked down. But I've gotten back up. And I've engaged in this good fight of faith. I'm going to tell others about how great you are. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to have a word of testimony. And we can be overcomers in this good fight of faith. We need to train hard. We need to prepare. Pray. Dig in God's word. Study but we need to fight even harder. Somebody needs to make it up in their mind today. I've been struggling, but I'm going to fight. 
You may see me down right now, but I'm going to get up today. Somebody needs to get up today. Somebody, amen, as these altars open, make it up in your mind today. I'm going to get back up. Hallelujah. Don't rejoice against me, enemy. I'm getting back up, and I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. So these altars are open. It's decision time. Will you be a conscientious objector? Will you try to live life on the fence in apathy? And say, you know what? I'm just going to go with the motions. Least path of resistance. It's going to take some action on our part. It's going to take us by faith to engage. To answer the call of God. To put on the whole Christian suit of armor. And whatever God has calling us individually to do. Perhaps we've taken a step back lately. For one reason or another, now it's time to re-engage. Now it's time to hook back in. Now it's time to be obedient to the word and voice of God. Now it's time to say, you know what? Enough is enough. No more vacillating back and forth. But I've got my mind made up. Fixed toward heaven. Fixed toward Jesus Christ. And I've made a decision and a declaration. God, I serve you all of my days. I belong to you. And I yield to your presence, your spirit, your voice. I wanted to open these altars for anyone that has been in the struggle. And they want to fight the good fight of faith moving forward today. They want to fight the good fight, the virtuous fight. Of faith today.